All right, welcome back to Sweep the League. Uh, not the radio show, but the podcast. We're back on podcast now. Rudy Compost Jr., the Rock Rocky Garza, Mark Stats himself, Derek Gerbert on hiatus for this week. He'll be back with us next week. And the man that makes it go, Shamaya on the beats. Gentlemen, it's Wednesday night. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, the playoffs. We've got to get into some NBA playoff talk. The Mavs stayed off. They uh, didn't get eliminated. They saved off elimination. Um, was it just a, a typical, you know, hey, Golden State's going to let them win that one so they don't get rust being out for like two, two and a half weeks? We'll get into that. Right now, Miami and Boston going at it. We'll get an update here on the score just a little bit. NFL Pro Bowl talk, man. I mean, we got to be honest, any type of all-star game, with the exception of MLB's all-star game, it's really just not worth a shit, to be honest with you. So we're going to get into why the NFL may want to get rid of the Pro Bowl, which I think is a great idea, or maybe maybe revitalize it, make it you know more modern or something like that. I don't know. They got to figure something out. Not only that, we've got the return of Spurs Cheeseman. We don't have the sound effect, I don't think, but we will work on a sound effect for the Spurs Cheeseman segment. All in all, that's what we're getting into here on Sweep the League. But before we actually get into our topics and all of our shenanigans, major prayers for something that happened yesterday out in Uvalde, Texas, which is really like 80 miles from where I live. Uh, technically, it's like a 90 miles from San Antonio. Uh, there was a, a senseless act yesterday at an elementary school. And for myself and all the guys here at Sweep the Lake, I'm going to give them an opportunity to uh, say what they want about it. Um, we're all about you know, trying to uh, live a great life. And we're all about, you know, fun and everything here. But we also know that life happens and a senseless act like this is just terrible. I still try to wrap my head around a lot of it being that I've I'm, I was thinking about this. I'm the only I'm the only guy on this on this whole staff that has a child, I believe. Right. Am I, am I, I'm mistaken on that. I don't think Derek has a kid. I mean, that, that we know of. Right. Yeah, I mean, that you guys know of. I mean, there could be a kid out there. Rock might have like five kids out there somewhere, but we just don't know. But um, nonetheless, you know, just knowing that I've got a little girl who's the same age of pretty much a lot of, not all the victims out there. My little girl's nine. Uh, it really hit close to home. And yesterday, well, actually this morning, just, you know, dropping her off at school was completely different being at work just not being able to concentrate or anything you know it's a very tough thing and i know like i said from all of us here at sweep the league um prayers out to the families and the victims out there in uvalde we you have our hearts you have our sympathies our condolences our prayers out there guys i'm going to give you all the floor um you can say what you want to say on this subject. I know we don't normally get into it. We offer condolences, but again, you know, I want to give you all the platform that y'all that y'all you know have here for it. Yeah, Rock, you want to start? Yeah, man, it's, just, it's a real hard subject. Um, like you said, prayers for them. And although I don't have kids, um, I shed a lot of tears and just. I, it's not even important to say that guy's name that did it. It's important to make sure we remember. The kids that it's just that that didn't they didn't know it was gonna be the last day and it's a horrible act of tragedy. Um although like I said I don't have kids, uh I have a lot of siblings 
and uh, it was hard for me. And uh, it's just as much as we can pray, this needs to be changed. And it's ridiculous of what's been happening. Um, I just don't know what else to say to that subject at all. But it's just it's a real hard subject. subject. It's, it's a very tough subject. subject. It's a real hard subject, man. And it's just so tiring of like me personally, I never had to go through this and I know it's been a thing for a while yeah. and j just not knowing if my siblings are going to come back every day is really scary and having to comfort my parents. It's just hard on me. Cause uh, you know, I'm essentially like a father figure to my, my siblings and I just hope there's going to be a change, man. And, it's just ridiculous of what's been happening and I'm, I'm glad that everyone who's been using their platforms been speaking out on it um i just really hope these senators do something about it because it's ridiculous man i mean we're just tired of it we're tired of living in america like this that's going through these senseless acts and normalizing it i mean as ugly as it sounds it's just a cycle and people are gonna possibly forget about it give it give it two weeks maybe because maybe we're going to be talking about, I mean, God forbid that, you know, another shooting of, of some sort. And it's it's ridiculous. I understand that, you know, some kids are going to be out of school and the state people are saying, well, that'll mean that there'll be less school shootings. But we shouldn't think like that. We shouldn't go through every school year thinking, all right, well, here come the school shootings, man. It's not like it's not like it's a, a it's the flu where it's seasonal, man. School shootings shouldn't be seasonal. And I'm just really hoping as much as much as people say they want to rid the evil and blame you know, I don't want to get in politics and stuff, but they blame mental illnesses and all that. But it's to that and along with other issues that I personally can't change, but I can speak out on it. And there, and we need to make sure we all come together and get a voice to speak out of it and make sure and hold those people accountable to get that change. Because, I mean, pretty said, man, I don't want anyone or any of my friends, family to have their children disappear on them. That thing. But my heart's just full Um of love for all those kids, man. And I'm just praying for this family. Yeah, it is. Mark, you got anything you want to add to that? I mean, Rocky, you, you did a really good job of just kind of summarizing it all. But, you know, it's just my condolences go out to the families and the souls of those kids. Um, you know, just, you know, for something like that to happen to just innocence and just like such a young people, um, you know, who just had their lives ahead of them and uh, just something just like that can happen. It's very sad. And um, ultimately, I just hope that we get some change out of this, um, you know, just for people to kind of look at, you know, hopefully to be able to empathize and like look at the lives lost rather than, um, so to speak, like the political aspect of things. You know what I mean? Um, it's more than just sides here to me. It's uh it's more just about change and uh, change does have to come. And it's, you know, it's, it's sad, but I think we're mentally exhausted by all this stuff when it does happen, because like Rocky said, you know, okay, now we're just, now we're almost getting that mindset of, okay, when's the next one going to happen? You know, it's almost like we're anticipating it. We're expecting it. And that's not good. And uh, we should never have, we should never get comfortable with that. And, People aren't comfortable when it does happen again and again, but we should never have the mindset of, okay, when's it going to happen next? So that, you know, just mentally it messes with us and it's just not a good thing to be able to have to say that, you know? 
Yeah, and I, I applaud you guys for um, commenting on it. You know, like I said, it's something that we we just trying to keep it a lot, you know, sports related here, um, you know, because everybody wants to have a getaway and the getaway is it's a hobby. It's um, it's something you do. You know, sports is something that gets your mind off of everything in the world. But more than ever, when it's so close to home, I mean, we're talking, you know, hop skipping a jump away for all of these few people here in san antonio people that have you know family in uvalde and people who know like myself i know people in uvalde and you know luckily the people that i know i mean they weren't affected by it you know i guess um internally pretty much you know within their family but or the immediate family is what i'm saying but they knew people that were affected by it and just hearing those stories was was tough in itself. Um, before we move on, I did want to give a couple of shout outs to a couple of people. But um, like I said, Shamaya is on the on uh, recording here or with us here. Shamaya, I don't know if you had anything to add. I just want to leave you out on anything. Um, but if you don't, you know, that's fine as well. I just didn't want to leave you out on the uh, conversation if you had something you wanted to say. No, nah, I'll, I'll just keep it short. Uh, this is a situation where it's unfortunate and you know we had a supermarket and then we have this it's it's not easy to take in you know you're just trying to get over one event and then boom you gotta go for another event one thing i have to say is really just people gotta vote and use their voice and uh if you want change you gotta take action yeah, I I agree. I mean, I've never been one to talk politics or anything, and I'm still not the type of person to talk politics at all. Uh, it's just I, I see too much of a lot of stuff going on, so it's tough to talk about it. But one thing is for sure that our prayers are with uh, everybody out there, the families that were affected, the victims, the kids. And I agree with everybody on the panel here. I mean, everything that they said is 100% in agreement with me. So definitely shout out. Um, not a shout out, but uh, definitely uh, prayers, like we said, for everybody out there. But I did want to make a couple of shout outs. There's a couple of people that I see. And it's tough because all of us on the show here are media. I mean, in some sort of way, we may not be on television. We may not be, you know, Big time radio stars, but we've done our fair share in the community. We've covered games. We've got an event coming up this weekend that we're going to be covering. We've talked to athletes. We've talked to people. So in some sort of way, all of us in this panel are are considered media, sports media at that. But a huge shout out to Lee Wald, uh, Waldman out there for KSAT 12. She was the first person I saw uh, reporting on this. And... I saw her go through so many emotions as a reporter being out there watching the kids and watching the parents being one of the first reporters to see the the look on parents faces and reactions on parents faces when they got the news. Um, I, I can honestly say that that is a job that I definitely could never do in my lifetime, only because I I would literally break down. And there was a couple of times I think she almost was close to it. Um, but also to um, sweep the league's own Chelsea Torres. I mean, she's been out there covering it as well. 
Um, also, sweep the league's uh, friend of family here, sweep the league, Jose Arredondo as well. I mean, sports guy Jose has been out there. So big shout out to you guys out there in Uvalde covering the story and providing all the updates you can. It's so tough. I, It's almost like being in a war zone without actually being in a war. And, you know, kind of makes a little sense because you're seeing all this happen and unfold and it's sad. It's a very sad and trying moment. So shout out to you guys in the media out there doing y'all's job and providing the updates. It's tough and we respect the hell out of you. But um, but moving on, we're going to get into some sports talk here. And we're not going to really cover right now too much on the Miami Boston game. It's going on right now. We'll give you an update here, but I want to hit up first. You've got the Warriors up 3-0 Mavericks come out and there, you know, I kind of had a feeling Dallas would come back. Dallas would at least get a game in here, send it to go back to golden state. Did the water leaking have anything to affect this outcome? Probably not. I saw somewhere on Twitter how a Golden State Warrior fan was saying that, you know, you're delaying the game and it reminds them of, you know, when the Spurs cranked up the they cranked out the uh, AC because it broke down and LeBron <laughs> got hurt. He was hurt and cramping. So the Mavericks had to pull out the stop and you know, the I, I how do you how do you say that you're having a bad thunderstorm, the roof starts to leak? It happens. I mean, I don't buy that at all. Nonetheless, Golden State's going back, they're going back to Golden State. Golden State, you know, took the L, whatever. I think it was actually a good thing. I mean, in a way, it's kind of bad because you give the Mavericks a little bit of glimmer of hope, like a slim glimmer of hope, but it's actually a good thing because. You don't want to be out two, three weeks just resting while this Boston Miami series potentially goes seven games. I mean, figure go seven games. That's another maybe five days right there. Then you're going to get a week off for the finals. So roughly two weeks off before you actually play again. Guys, I'm I'm sorry to rock on this one. Rock with the Warriors losing. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, I think it's kind of good that they lost so they don't have to be out so long. But again, you want to slam the door on your opponent without giving them any kind of hope. Yeah, like you said, I think it's a good thing because, you know, that rest factor, you always see it every year when teams, you know, enter the finals just fresh, you know, been off a long, a long rest and do they just they just stink it out the first game and 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 that one team that's gone in seven they've you know been grinded out they may be tired but they're still in game mode I mean you're still in the survivor mode and you're taking that to the next game you know sometimes you can be in survivor mode you know sometimes maybe you're just mentally so worn out you just don't have enough enough gas to finish the mission but I think it is a good thing um, I kind of figured uh, like you said earlier that the Warriors were gonna lose um, there was no way the Mavs were gonna get swept. Um, I, I predict that the Warriors are going to close it out in San Fran um, or Oakland, as I can say. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, because this series of the Heat and the Celtics, it's probably going to go seven, man. I mean, at half right now, it's 42-37, um, and it's tied 2-2. So, nonetheless, I mean, you're easily getting six games still. You know, the you know, Warriors may be getting a chance if they finish it off, but... It will be interesting, man. If like yeah, we're kind of talking about early touching base. If the Warriors lose again, you know, Mark had mentioned, you know, what if the Warriors g- g- blow a three zero lead? You know, no one's ever done that. But who's known to blow leads? The Warriors are, and that Damn, would be we crazy. we can't really see that happening. 
Can we? I mean, no. With the, with the way NBA has been lately and the parody around it, I mean, it could happen, but I doubt it unless Luca, Luca just puts out another godlike performance and then the Mavs just turn in, you know, to the Monstars and just ball out. You, you just see former Spur, Davis Bertans drop 30 on, on the Warriors. But, uh, no, nah, man, I, I don't see them, you know, doing I see that being competitive for a couple, you know, up to the third quarter and then, I just see the Warriors just blowing them out, and we're watching the reserves play around like the halfway through the fourth quarter. So, all right, all right, I got it, man, I got it. Um, you know, same thing, Mark. I mean, it's kind of weird because I'm like, well, I don't think that we're gonna see the Warriors blow, you know, a three-zero lead. Is it possible? Anything's possible. I mean, let's be real, anything's possible, but. I just can't see him blowing that lead. Is it a good thing or a bad thing that the Warriors actually lost this game? Um, I don't think it was a game they had to win. Um, I mean, if sure, whatever, like, you know, maybe the guys go at 90 or 80% instead of 100% in that last game. You know, Dallas has more to play for. They're in front of their fans. Um, They don't want to, you know, go out with their tail in between their leg. They want to put on a showing in their home stand. So uh, I wasn't surprised that the Warriors lost this game. Um, so, you know, kudos to the Mavericks for getting the nice little blowout at home in front of their fans. But this series is wrapping up in San Fran um, game five. Uh, the Warriors are going to go to the finals. Um, I know we, we joke about, you know, the memes of the blew a three, one lead in the finals, but no, nah, they're not going to blow a three Oh lead. Um, there's just too much talent on the Warriors. They're really well coached. And, um, they just have all the confidence in the world right now. Steph is looking like Chef Curry. Uh, Pools looking confident. Clay's looking confident. You got guys like Looney, like getting 20 rebounds and balling in the paint for them. They're getting help from all over the board. So the Warriors are going back to the finals, I think. Does, does this discredit Kevin Durant's championships? Like even more? Yes. I I was waiting for Shemaya to say something. That was my biggest thing there. I I I I I fight with myself on that man because as great of a player as Kevin Durant is, if the Warriors win without him, then does it mean that those titles that he won with them, he just does it mean like he basically just joined the team just to get a couple of dubs in there? I mean, I imagine that's why he joined. I mean, well, I, I mean, yeah, you know, hell yeah. You know, I mean, go get does. those rings. Form. He knew what he was doing. He's forming a super team with him. Of course, this is Clay before the injury. Um, but I mean, even that team was really good with the star power. But if I mean, if memory serves me right, they didn't really have as much depth as this current Warriors team does now. No, like this not. team right now has not only depth but young depth and guys who haven't even reached their potential yet. Um, and that's why I'm very like I'm very curious to see how these guys pan out on this Warriors team going forward with me, at least with Durant, the Durant team. I thought Durant was the most important piece on that team. Like he had to ball. He had to have a good game. He was the tone setter on that team. And that that doesn't take anything away from Steph. But Durant was easily the most seasoned and most like mature um, championship player on that on that Warriors team when he was there. I mean, you're looking at guys in the Warrior squad. You know, you're looking at James Wiseman. You're looking at Moses Moody. You know, you can even throw Jordan Poole in there. I mean, he's only a few years in the league. Um, Kaminga. I mean, Gary Payton. The second. Shout out to Looney, man. 
The dude, yeah, Looney oh, dude, dude looks like he's gonna pass out on the floor. He looks like Lurch, right? From like the Adams <laughs> yeah, family. Does. Is that who it is? The Adams family? Yeah, the, yeah. No, the mon- yeah, Adams family. He looks like Lurch. I don't know. He looks like he's moving around and it just hurts to move when it rests yeah, in play. He, he looks like he's about to collapse. On the yeah. Floor. Yeah. I mean, but you're right. The the youth on this team is is ridiculous. But if you're thinking about okay, so Moses Moody was, you know, one of the the one of the better players coming out of that draft. Uh, along with, uh, I believe it was Kaminga that draft where they came out with. I mean, you're looking at Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody, and Jordan Poole, that's a damn near a starting five on a young squad, you know, on a young team somewhere else. I mean, those four guys are starters almost anywhere. I, yeah. I, I'm I'm kind of like, wow. You know, this is a, this Warriors team, it, it just, it just reloaded. And if you think about it, it reloaded through the draft. Something that Spurs fans need to understand is you can't just go out and get a Zach Levine or DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, it'd be nice because you can insert them and they'll plug and play right now. But the Warriors built it to the draft. Now, now first, for granted, the Warriors had, you know, top picks, you know, way top three picks or whatever. But you've got to build to the draft. I mean, it's it's important to build through the draft. I mean... I, you're right, man. That's a great point. I, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. The depth on this team is it's sick. I mean, you still have Andre Iguodala that comes off the pine. Mm-hmm. Um, even Toscano Anderson, you know, can put up some points pretty quick there for you. So, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with you. I, I'm sticking with the Mavericks. I'm gonna stick to them till till the Ooh, end. You're bold, man. I am bold because I picked the Mavericks to go to the finals. And you know what? Until the fat lady sings, it's not over. It's 3-1. It's probably going to be 4-1 after this. And, you know, it's lights out. But if the Mavs sneak in and get, you know, this next game, Warriors fans, you think they should be worried? No, they got they got opportunities to seal the deal. But you give that little team a little bit of confidence. I mean... Yeah, but the, the Mavericks' oh. lack of star power is going to catch up to them. Oh, okay, let me. A better way to put this is: Does it depend if the if the Warriors end up losing Game Five? Does it come down to the simple fact of how did they lose? If they get blown out, then is it time to worry a little bit? Uh, if it's yes. a blowout, I think, I think a so. little bit. Yeah, if the Mavericks blow them out then uh, on their home floor, yeah, I think there's a little bit of worry that should seep in. And uh, Steve Kerr should remind them, should that happen, Rudy? Steve Kerr should be up in their faces after that game and be like be breaking another clipboard or whatever he did like that one time. Yeah, it, it won't happen. It won't happen. Yeah. You don't think they'll get blown out, Shamaya? No, no. So, so as you're saying, if they lose Shemaya, it won't be a blowout. It, they won't lose sleep. They're not going to lose at all. Lose sleep at all. Okay. 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 I get, I'm getting what you're saying. I get there's, saying. there's more pressure on Luca because yeah. he has to really show up every game. Because if he doesn't show up, then the Mavs have the bigger risk of losing the game. Yeah. It's all about Luca, man. And yeah. that's, uh, that's Rock's boy. Yeah, I mean, props to Jalen Brunson. That dude is really shown that he is something in the league, though. I mean, I, I know a lot of people. It, it is Luca's team. Don't get me wrong, but they've got some pieces on there, and uh, that that can really complement him and Brunson, especially this season, 
has shown that he can, he's more than capable of being a sidekick. Yeah. I just, there's two things I want to touch on. I think, I just think coming in game five, the Mavs are going to come out with the back against the wall and they're going to come out swinging, you know, like I said, you know, Luke, you're probably going to see Luca just going on a on tear and it's going to be a back and forth game, man. I mean, you could see, you know, Mavs maybe enter the half up, you know, the Warriors chip away and then the Warriors just run away with it in the fourth. Cause I mean, you're playing against the wall, so you're not going to just give up so easily, but it, it would be interesting if the Mavs somehow did pull a dub out, but going back to what the KD thing is, do you think, this team, this Warriors team, you know, given how we've seen them play, could still beat the, the LeBron-led team in the finals. Okay, repeat that again. Do you think this Warriors team would beat LeBron in the finals when they like instead of KD, the KD team, the Warriors team? Do you think this Warriors squad would be able to beat LeBron in the finals? The Cavs squad. That's what I'm yeah, getting. Yeah, Cavs squad. Yeah. Okay. Um. Are we talking healthy Cavs with Love, Kyrie? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm gonna take the Cavs. I'm gonna take on the Cavs one. only only because I think Kevin Love is that difference maker. I, I really think the Warriors are 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 doomed if someone you know if the center position or a big man comes in and just goes off on it. That's been the Mavs' problem. They don't have an inside presence. I mean, there's no way the Warriors beat the Phoenix Suns in this series. Because Aiden would have a field day. And I, I know Looney's putting up, you know, some pretty good stats. And I know he's balling. But who the hell is he balling against? Matt Cleaver? I mean, yeah. they're, they're, you're talking about Cleaver and Aiden. Two different types of players. One can dominate the inside. The other guy can dominate in spurts. And that's where I think the Warriors are, are blessed. Is that they don't have to put up with the big man and have to worry about the game being slowed down so much. And that's where I feel if you go Cavs and this Warriors team, I think with LeBron, you know, LeBron would probably dominate, you know, his opponent no matter what. But Kevin Love will be that guy. You know, he's a great rebounder. So he's going to live on the inside. And I think you got Kyrie. You know, let's put it this way. Kyrie and Clay cancel each other out. Steph and LeBron cancel each other out. I think uh, with Kevin Love, I'm pretty, I'm feel pretty confident that Love would be able to be that X factor and probably get the Cavs uh, wins over the Warriors if that oh, would ever be the case. Yeah, we didn't even mention Tristan Thompson's paint dominant. You know, yeah, like they Thompson. would have no answer for him. Yeah, and that's that's two guys that are dominant on the on the boards. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I would have to go with the Cavs. I I, I mean, Rock Shamaya, are y'all going Cavs or Warriors? I mean, that's kind of Warriors. He's going Warriors. He's going Warriors. Yeah. I'm assuming Rock's going to go the same thing. It'd, it'd be hard, but given how I've seen them play, it would be close. But I give the edge to the Warriors. But you still never know what because of LeBron. You know, even though Katie's not here and they may win a ring with them, Kate, the Warriors brought Katie along just to beat LeBron and Rudy's boy. But uh, I think Warriors slightly, it would be very hard. And it would take an all-around effort, and it would have to be on all cylinders. But I don't know. It would be an interesting matchup for sure. Go seven. Um, I think it would be one of the best finals you'd probably be able to see in years. You know, this is my this is what I would think, though. You remember yeah. what Kyrie did. Yeah, I, well, <laughs> Kyrie's that X factor because he. I mean, I know Kevin Love is, but Kyrie's that guy where he can come out and get you forty five, and then next night get you like 
15. And that dagger three against the Warriors. Man. Yeah. That was something. Didn't he oh. also hit that fadeaway? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah he, was- he hit a, he made a bunch of clutch plays. He's also famous for that meme too. And that's <laughs> also a factor for the game because I, I don't know. I, I think uh, the Warriors could take them. Uh, I really think they can go seven games and have an upset if that were to be the two teams to play each other. And I, I think mainly because Steph and Clay, when they're hot, they're you, you can't catch up, man. They will turn 15 points into like 45 seconds tie game. Yeah, I you're making great points and it it makes it tough for me to to say that the Cavs would dominate. I I I don't know why, man. I guess cuz I used to be a really fat guy, so I'm a big man <laughs> and you know, so I'm a big man's type guy, so I'd like the big man to dominate, but I mean, I I would say definitely I think it'd be seven games. It'd be a seven game series. Yeah, and real, about that. And real quick, the KD thing, uh, he couldn't get the job done with Thunder, so he had to hop on the bus with, uh, you know, Steph Curry, and that was his golden ticket to actually get a ring. That's my yeah. opinion. No, you're, you're not wrong. Because yeah. we look at uh, the Nets right now, Brooklyn Nets. I mean, what have they done? How oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, crickets. Uh, apparently, apparently, KD in the Nets front office have not I mean, spoken since the last game. Yeah. I hate to do this to y'all on every show, and I don't say much, but this is a powerful <laughs> moment. <laughs> They're basically like Detroit Lions locker room speeches. They sound really <laughs> great, but there's no rings. <laughs> there's there's no substance to it. <laughs> okay, I mean, how do, how do you not win? You have KD, Kyrie Irving. Either a Ben Simmons or James Harden. We're going to give him Harden. But, I mean, then you throw in, like, at this year, they have, what, a Seth Curry? I mean, yeah. a Patty Mills. You're, you're talking they Aldridge. Stacked, man. Aldridge, Griffin. <laughs> Aldridge, Griffin. Nick, they had good players. Claxton was a, was uh, a was it beast, man. You know, Bruce Brown. Definitely, Bruce yeah. Brown's another one. I mean, how in the living F do you not, Win or cut, at least get to the finals year after year. There's nice circumstances, you know. Steve Nash got to be hot, man, because he was probably <laughs> like, Oh man, we're gonna get at least two rings. Psych. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was probably like, oh, Let's go, man. You know, I'm getting these rings yeah. finally. You know, I'm it's the curse of who Steve Nash, yeah, didn't, didn't he win a ring with the Warriors? I don't no. think he's ever. No, he, he, he never, never won a championship. Yeah, yeah. there's something about the Phoenix curse, right? I mean, Barkley couldn't get a ring there, <laughs> right? Chris Paul's obviously I mean, not going to get a ring there. The, this that miraculous collapse of the Phoenix Suns this postseason was just one of the most astonishing things I've seen in a while. That was the Kendall, the Kendall Jenner, yeah, laugh, <laughs> yeah. Oh God, man! Imagine if we wake up tomorrow and you know. I don't know. Keldon says that he's dating Kendall Jenner. I, 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 we'd have to renounce our fandom and go to a different team. For uh, it'd be time to trade up in the draft. I'll tell you. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. Hey man. So real quick, we know the Nets, not the Nets, the, uh, the heat and the Celtics is going at it as of right now. It's 45 to 44, 845 left in the third quarter. 
we're just going to brush around this. We we all feel, I think, the Celtics and Heat are going to go seven games. I mean, it's it has that feeling to it. Back and forth, you know, it's kind of a weird series. I think Rock's the one that mentioned it. It's kind of a weird series, man. You can't really get a, a grip on it. I still have the Celtics winning. I still have the Celtics going to the finals and winning the NBA title. I, I'm, I'm going to say, man, th- I think the champ actually does come out of the East this year. I, I Guys, I mean, what do y'all think? I know some of y'all picking the Warriors, but just something about the Eastern Conference this year that just seems built from top to bottom on most of the teams. Actually, the last two teams that are left, but every other team in the East was just built, man. It was built like no other. Oh, 100%. I, I think... Like you said, I think Celtics will pull it out, and they'll probably be a tougher opponent for the Warriors, um, dude. Because these Celtics are their defensive schemes what they run, and their bigs and their role players that are just hooping out of their mind. I mean, you're gonna have to have the Warriors having to guard Tatum, you know, Smart, Brown, Robert Williams. You know, he just came back and has been a huge presence. Grant Williams, you know, a real real stretch four that Draymond or Wiggins got to deal with. And big Al Horford, man, he's hooping too. So, I mean, and then D white, you know, although I love him and his defense and stuff, man, uh, he's a hit a three, man. This guy was like one for eight. I think last game, I was like, good Lord, man. But uh, staying on D white, I was laughing today. Cause I was listening to the, to um, a radio show this morning with, uh, with Rudy J or no, at halftime with Rudy J and Michael Jimenez. And uh, he was like, the one thing about Derek White, man, he's like, he needs to get new friends because how the hell is your headband that so far back on his hair? And no one, none of his friends told him he needs to just shave his head. And I was just laughing, man. I was like, that is kind of true, man. So I need to just tell him to get rid of it, man. But <laughs> I, I think I think the Celtics will pull it out. <laughs> Yeah, he he reminds me of Red Foo from LMFAO. If you guys remember that group, oh yeah, <laughs> the the party rock wow. anthem guys. Yeah, <laughs> wow. I um, you know what? I'm I'm actually watching the game now, and it yeah, it does. Man. <laughs> Holy cow. You just can't Jeez. see it. Now would y'all say that if he was living in San Antonio? <laughs> yeah. I think so. I would. We've got, yeah, we've got we've got balls on this podcast. Yeah, this and sweep this the league or truth tellers, man. Yeah, yeah, even on the radio, we said some crazy stuff. So I'm pretty sure we would definitely tell him. And I don't, you know what? I don't think he'd get mad. He wouldn't get mad at it. Nah, he'd, he'd laugh. He'd joke. laugh. Well, yeah. it's not like he has a hairline. So, <laughs> if it is, it's way back there. I guess. Well, I mean, <laughs> since we're talking about people's hair, uh, at least he doesn't have to spray his hairline like LeBron James. No, yes, I remember that. Yeah, that was that. Yeah. That was that thing, man, with LeBron. But isn't that LeBron like the joke about he doesn't have a forehead, he has a five head? Doesn't that kind of pertain to LeBron? <laughs> That one. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. That's great. Yeah, that was go back and watch uh, all the about the Benjamins. Oh, five head. I love all that. about the oh Benjamins. Ice Cube and uh, Mike Epps. It's on there where he's, they amazing. have this guy that has a hairline. And he goes, you know, when you salute, you're all yes, sir. And he's like touching the back of his head. <laughs> man, that sounds like an eight head there. That's great. Yeah, man. Let, that, yeah that is great. Right. But, yeah, uh, was right. But no, hey, Mark, as far as the Celtics heat goes, what's your thoughts on it? I think it's going to go seven. Do you, do yeah. you, which team do you think is going to pull it out? I uh, I think the series is going to go seven, and I'm going to roll with the heat on this one. Um, I think I'm the, the only Celtics. one taking the Celtics. Like, for real. Yeah. 
like both teams are just really good. Like you mentioned before, the East has just been stacked this season, like all across the board. Um, but uh, it's interesting because this Heat team, they've found ways to win. You know, they stole a game in Boston. Um, and this is after that uh, kind of, I guess, confrontation that Spolstra and Butler had. I don't know if you guys remember this yeah, like some time ago, but yeah. they had a flare up during the postseason, and people thought that that was going to be like, Oh, that they are the heat imploding. Is this it? Is Jimmy going to quit on the team? No, we got a, we got a close series here. They came together. Spolster brought his guys together. They cleared the air. Um, very underrated organization. It's, it's interesting because it's like San Antonio Spurs are, are very renowned for, having just a very clean, professional, respectful organization that just knows what they're doing. Miami should be right there with them because they know how to build a team. They know how to handle transition periods from when they transition from, you know, the big three heat with LeBron to where they are now. I think it's pretty amazing to see and all the young talent that they've been able to draft. I mean, we talk about um, Golden State earlier and their young talent, man, Miami, you know, Duncan Robinson, you got Tyler Hero, you got all these Struce, you got all these guys who are stepping up as role players and young guys who are contributing. PJ Tucker's a, you know, he's doing all that dirty work down there in the paints and doing defense and scoring and helping out Jimmy. And, um, and I want to see the Heat and the Warriors in the finals because I want to see how Kerr is going to game plan around Bam. I think Bam is going to be the X factor in that series. Because and that's yeah, and that's why I'm saying that the champ is out of the East, considering the Warriors are gonna end up winning that Western Conference. I mean, unless there's just a total collapse. You've got both teams in the East that have dominant bigs. I mean, you're going like you said, Bam out of bio. I mean, he's gonna dominate on the inside. But not only that, if you get Tyler Hero back healthy. That's another guy that they've got to contest with as well. I mean, he was playing bonkers before he got hurt. But then look at the Celtics, man. What the hell are the Warriors going to do against Horford and Williams? I mean, you're not going to be able to drive to the basket because you have Robert Williams there, who's one of the better shot blockers in the league. And Horford, we saw what happened, especially in the Buck series, when he gets hot and he gets going, there's nothing you can do at all. So, and again... X factor for that Celtics team has been Derek White. That trade, since that trade happened, this Celtics team has been completely on fire. They've been a whole different team. So with Marcus Smart and Derek White, two great uh, perimeter defenders, that kind of you know that kind of hurts a little bit when it comes to Steph and Clay. So I get you guys' points, man. I really do. I understand that. You know, with the Miami Heat. I'm going to stick with the Celtics. I'm sticking with the Mavs and Celtics. Uh, one part doesn't really look good. You know, Rock keeps laughing at me because, because I'm taking, you know, the Mavs till the end that, here. But That's why he's got his mic off right now. Yeah, he's because he's probably laughing so hard. <laughs> I always laugh at Rudy, exactly. man. Exactly. He's laughing so hard. I'm just trolling Rudy, dude. Jeez. Well, no more laughing because we're going to save the laughing for the last segment here. Actually, a couple of laughs. We got two quick segments to get through before we're done here on Sweep the League. We've got Cheeseman, the Spurs Cheeseman. So, Rock, give us the Cheeseman because there was some, uh, there was some pretty pissed off Spurs fans this week. So, like, I hear about the Spurs, this, the Spurs, that, y como que esto y esta, pero I never hear about the real Spurs Cheeseman. Nina, por favor. Yeah, man. I mean, some of the Cheeseman has been, you know, 
kind of the reality of that, that we didn't get a top pick. I mean, it is what it is, but um, I think there's still some ballers out there that nine, you know, whether they trade up or not, mm-hmm. but the one big thing on uh, Chiefsman wise, I wanted to talk about was a tweet by a uh, real Tom Petrini for Ken's five. Mm-hmm. He tweeted out, and I want to get y'all's opinion on that. He tweeted out a match for Zach Levine cost $40 million per year. A match for DeAndre Aiden would run almost $33 million per year, more if it's a sign and trade. John Williams getting 25.5 per per year for the Nets four. Of these players and contract, which one would you want to see more on the Spurs? And the winning poll that won was DeAndre Ayton with 42%. And Collins was 26 and Levine was 30. Out of those three, who would you want to see on the Spurs? And 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 how and who do you think would be the worth the most money at a, at a, at, a, at that contract? I don't want to pay Levine. I'm going to be fine. I I like Zach Levine, but when you're talking about a player who says he wants to be the alpha male, he wants to be the go-to guy, the main option. I've never seen Zach Levine as the main option anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. So when he comes out and says that, and then you're Gonna have he's gonna command 40 a year. I'm sorry, I don't want to pay Levine that. And I don't think he's he is that you know alpha male on the team or on any team. I haven't seen it. He was he was brilliant before DeMar DeRozan, but I mean, what good was that gonna do for the Bulls? I mean, they weren't really competitive until DeMar DeRozan got there. So that should show you right there that. You know, he's not going to be an alpha male. So I don't pay Levine. John Collins, I would take a flyer on because his contract is relatively cheap at 25.5 a year. But I mean, if if you need a if you need a true big man, I mean DeAndre Hayden's probably the guy to go to at 33 million a year. As a sign and trade, you're probably going to give up Yacoperto. And you're probably going to give up either 20 or 25th on this year's draft. If you're telling me I'm going to give you pick 20 or 25 and Jacoperto for DeAndre Ayton, I I'm I don't I don't even if I hesitate one second to sign that deal, I'm a moron. I'm flat out moron considering I still have my top 10 pick. I can go out and get the absolute best player available. And that's what you should do in the draft. I've heard some, I've heard other Spurs analysts, insiders who claim to be insiders say that, no, you have to go big no matter what. You have to go big. When you're in the top 10 and you're in the lottery, I call bullshit because you get the absolute best player available. No, you cannot reach for a position at that part of the draft. There's no reaching, especially if you're a team that is in a rebuild and you need you don't need help. But you need help with the big the big man position. Yes. But you need help all over the place. You have no idea what the hell Lonnie Walker is going to do. You don't know if he's going to be a spur or not. So if you if your best person is uh, Benedict Matherin right there, you take him. I mean, you've got to get the best player available. If Jalen Duran is there, go get Duran if he's the best player available. Because at this point, the only the only position you don't need is point guard, technically. But back to the question, I'm I'm going to stick with Aiden. I'm going to give you guys the floor here. I'm sticking with DeAndre Aiden. It just makes more sense. Uh, 
But again, if John, if John Collins is available at that price point and you don't have to give up much, I mean, we saw how he could do. I just think you're getting a better player in DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, agreed. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on the Ayton pick. Um, I mean, Zach, like you said, he kind of gave away. He wants to be a alpha scorer on a team, and uh, I mean, I mean, props to the guy for getting healthy. But like, he just came off of a knee surgery. Too. So, you know, there's always that little bit of, okay, a guy just coming off of an injury, you know, he says he wants to be the top scorer. What if he overworks himself and maybe just gets himself injured again? Um, so there is that risk too. Um, but, you know, of course, hoping that he, he has a full recovery, but I just think Aiton's going to be the best pick out of the three. What, what if we say, you know, pursuit of Zach Levine, I mean, I, I don't know the Zach numbers, let's just say in the hypothetical world, but we get Zach Levine correct, or we don't, and let's, you know, we trade up and we get a solid player, so best player available. Let's say Spurs see Jaden Ivey as the best player available, right? So they move up a little mm-hmm. bit, get Jaden Ivey, like going off what Rudy said, and we go after a Mo Bamba. Would you like Mo Bamba on the team if, you know, we decided Aiton and Collins are too expensive and we strike out in Levine? I mean, everyone, you know, the Spurs fans that love Levine on the team, they're thinking Levine's a for sure locked just because of DeJounte. But I mean, Levine, you know, had mentioned a couple of years ago that he, or he's been mentioned recently too, that he likes the Lakers. You know, you have those hypothetical trades and he could go back to Chicago. Chicago can give him the most money. Um, you know, people see the Hawks. So what, what would y'all think if Mo Bamba came on the Spurs? I have no problems with Mo Bamba. I, I like his game. Again, it's a big man that he's versatile. I love Mo Bamba. You're going to get him on the cheap. You may not even have to give up Jakob Pertle. So that'll give you a nice, you know, one-two combination where you don't have to rely on uh, Jock Lundell or even uh, Zach Collins, who's still kind of is still trying to get over being injured, you know, all those years. So signing a Mo Bamba would be really good. It just depends on the price point. At this point, I don't think if, uh, I mean, I don't think he's going to command a whole lot. So, um, Mo Bamba wouldn't be a bad a bad pick right there. I mean, say you strike out on Aiden, you get a Mo, uh, Mo Bamba. You strike out on Levine, you still got the top pick. You know, at number nine, this off season, it's it's kind of weird. It's make or break, but not so much as it's you know going to burn the barn down if you don't nail it out of the park. This is just this is the best opportunity for the Spurs and the best one they've had in years to make a huge splash in the offseason. So that's why a lot of Spurs fans are counting on this offseason to be that one offseason where it's going to turn the franchise around. If you hear a lot of the Spurs Twitter talk, get Levine, get Aiton, go draft this guy, this and that. You swear to God that they were talking we're going to be in title contention next year. I don't see it. Right. If you go and get DeAndre Aiden and Zach Levine, you have DeJounte Murray, Keldon, all you had to give up was Jacoperto. You go to number nine and say, oh, hey, at number nine, we're able to get, you know, a Matherin or even a Jalen Duran, you know, play alongside Aiden. You know, oh, God, this is a stacked team. Are they title contenders? I don't see them as title contenders right away. I don't see them being title contenders next year. So, as much of a critical offseason this is in most Spurs fans' eyes, for me, it's important because I think with the amount of money they're going to have available and the contracts that they can actually potentially move and the assets that they currently have, this is where the actual rebuild 
towards a playoff spot happens. They're not far from a playoff spot. They're a few pieces away. They can actually do it in this offseason. But if you're looking for them to make splashes and be title contenders, man, you're going to have to keep looking. There's just not going to happen. For sure. And I think the biggest thing is Spurs fans are going to be patient, man. I mean, it's going to be a process to a long time. We see it, you know, sniff another title or even, you know, get far. And, you know, like you keep saying, you know, the look how the Warriors landed, you know, a pool and a coming and a moody, you know, they took that off here and landed those players. I mean, maybe we hit on the draft and land those type of players. They're going to be franchise changing. I know some people are doubting, well, you know, player at nine, he doesn't really do good for the franchise. I mean, you're still getting a solid play in our deep draft relatively, and you've seen players, you know, outplay the draft position. You know, it's not a given and a, and a for sure thing every year if you draft top four that these players are going to pan out. I mean, people have been ready doubting, said Chet Holmgren, they're always too skinny, he's going to be a bust, or, you know, J.D. Nive, he's too inconsistent. Is he a Dwayne Wade type, or is he a John Morant, or, or is he just, you know, just an athletic point guard? But no one really knows what's going to happen in the draft. It's all about luck relatively. And I think they're in a perfect position at nine. Personally, I wouldn't tr- have those three picks. I would probably try to move, you know, your later pick um, or even 20, you know, and nine and try to move it to maybe a six or seven if they see a player they really like on the board. But I'm just waiting, you know, all this talk we're going to have and, and everyone we're going to be pursuing or take. I just can't wait till they draft that one player. We're like, why the hell did they draft him? It's like, what the heck? Who is this guy? And it's it's, it's humorous to me. I mean, it's, I mean, I guess I have dark sense of humor, and, but I mean, it's just funny to me. But we'll have to see what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's like, Rocky, you could say it's basically like a meme, like a local meme at this point. You know, oh, what, what, what are the Spurs going to do? <laughs> It's like when the uh, Naked Gun, when they announce the winner and it, everybody slaps their forehead. So that's kind of right. what I'm expecting uh, everything to happen here. Hey, we got a couple of minutes left here on Sweep the League. Really fast topic. I want all you guys, the entire panel, Shamaya, Rock, Mark, I need y'all's uh, takes on this. We got, like I said, about a minute and a half here on this latest edition of Sweep the League. NFL came out and said, Pro Bowl, we may get rid of it. We may change it up. What do you guys want to see? Just a quick question. I'm going to go first. Um, I, I've i seen that they may even want to do a flag football type thing. I mean, they want to get rid of the tackling. I get it. You don't want to get hurt. You don't want to risk injury. But again, the, the Pro Bowl doesn't mean anything. I mean, it's not like you're going to get home field advantage and, you know, this or anything like that. It doesn't mean anything. So... Honestly, for me, I would just love to have like the skills competition. Is it like they do that quarterback challenge that they used to have and all that stuff? Just make it a, a fun type thing and that's it. If you're going to play a game, I don't know. What do you think about beer pong? Beer pong might be good. <laughs> yes, please. Hey, that, could be a th- that could be a thing, but I Dude. said. I, I said today in an article I read about the Pro Bowl, three ways they can spice it up is do a skills challenge, but have fans incorporated. You're trying to do like a lottery-like system. Have those fans that talk all that mess and crap on Twitter saying, oh, I can replace this player. Oh, I'm better than them. Have them enter this wow. contest and have them line up against them, man. You know, one-on-one or an accuracy challenge or a 40-yard dash. <laughs> Let's see if those fans <laughs> who want to talk all this crap can really do it. You know how entertaining that would be? Just your average Joe just lining up, you know? And I, I kind of threw a, a little humor in my article saying, imagine all those people that say Dak can't throw for anything. Have your average 40-year-old man, you know, that always complains about Dak. Let's see if you can throw that far or or hit targets like that and, and make a fool of yourself. Are we sure that Dak can hit targets? 
Just oh, oh, come on. <laughs> come on, Rudy. Put, put some respect on Dak's name, man. When he wins, I'll put respect on it. That's why I have no respect for Matt Ryan right now. So Yeah. So. No, but another thing is, before we go, I suggested, imagine an NFL media flag football game. That would be interesting, man. Seeing Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, you know, some of the former NFL stars that are now media members, putting them in a flag football game seven on seven and have the Pro Bowl players coach them. You know, that would be cool. Terry Bradshaw's arm would fall off. <laughs> Imagine it'll be interesting seeing Troy Aikman just throw the ball in or Tony Romo. I mean, that'd be cool, man. Wow. Aikman versus Romo. That would be, a, that would settle so many debates on who was the best QB in Dallas quarterback <laughs> in Dallas Cowboy history. Mark, what do you got, man? Anything to change? Do you want to change for the Pro Bowl? Man, I, I love the idea of the beer pong. <laughs> I just love that idea so much. Yeah, I mean, no one cares about the game. I mean, let's be honest. Like, I, I forgot that that was a thing now for, like, years. You know, I just, it happens. And then, like, three days later when I find out it happened, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's go. it's like the the stomach bug you've got. It just hurts for a little bit, and then it's, it's yeah. gone. I and mean, the it's players, all it is. And the, the players don't seem like they actually want to be there. I mean, I'm sure they're having shit. fun. The last it, person to give a shit in the Pro Bowl was Sean Taylor when he nailed the hell out of that punter. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, come on, they, they don't really want to be there. The fans can tell. It's just that everything is very just relaxed, and the guys are just there for the vacation. And you know, like, come on, let, let's skip all that. Let's. I mean, I, I'm even fine if they decide not to do anything. But I like Rocky's beer pong idea, and I like the idea of the haters on Twitter confronting the players <laughs> and just like trying to challenge them at different. That, that's so. That's so entertaining to me. I wonder, Shamar's probably going to say that he wants them to do like a DJ contest. <laughs> well, I, would, I would say uh, they should get rid of the whole Pro Bowl thing because it's just as valuable as Detroit Lions Thanksgiving Day. Game. <laughs> <laughs> it's hey, trash. Are they even playing on Thanksgiving this year? I hope not. I mean, I think people will be thankful Another that they loss. don't play. Wow, I wonder if I thought I read somewhere that the Lions aren't playing on Thanksgiving. Wow. They, well, took them off well, wait, 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 Rudy. When was the last Tradition? time they actually? Hey, Rudy, when was the last time they actually played on Thanksgiving Day? <laughs> well, okay, you got me there. You got me there. They now, just British, show up and look nice. Didn't last year they had their backup quarterback? Uh, What's his name? Or two years ago, and people were hyping him up. That was, was his like, name. That was his name on the jersey. What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, backup quarterback. Oh yeah, was it like David Blau? I don't remember his name, but I remember he like actually did decent. We were like, "Oh my god, he could be a thing." It should be fans versus the Detroit Lions. If you really suck, then you really suck. <laughs> okay, so if this is mistaken, because it says Thanksgiving football schedule 2022, the Lions do play, but oh. I guarantee, I, I guarantee, this game will be over at the coin flip because they're oh. going up against the Bills. Oh, oh man. man. You couldn't oh. schedule Detroit against like the freaking mean machine or something. I mean, I'm sorry, Shamaya. I am so sorry. Wow. That, uh, oh, God. DeAndre Swift, poor, poor guy. He's going to be the only person that's balling out. <laughs> oh, man. Shamaya, it's safe to say that you're not going to watch football that day. I'm pretty sure. I just watch it because of misery. I, I like <laughs> I like to watch people basically cry and say why they uh, burn my gas money to go to this game. 
<laughs> oh my god! I, I always thought that the Lions games were played on Thanksgiving so that they can help all the people who ate turkey fall asleep faster. <laughs> that's my that's my theory behind that, the Lions on Thanksgiving. That's actually a uh, that's actually probably true. Well, they sleep they sleep all season long, so <laughs> you know they get good practice. No, it's the Lions sleeps tonight. The Lions. You know, sleeps tonight. Oh. When someone says they're gonna win, I say stop lying. <laughs> exactly. I need somebody who would sing that. Oh, there we go. That's a perfect close oh to the show, man. God. All right, man. So, hey, you know, we talked about uh, Spurs cheese, man. Rock gave it to us. Uh, we'll get into lo- we were talking about logos for Spurs, but we'll talk about that next week. We talked about the Lions getting obliterated by the Bills, and that game hasn't even started yet. Um, no Pro Bowl. Nobody likes Pro Bowl. Nobody really cares. Miami, Boston going to seven. I'm the only one taking the Celtics. Mm. And yeah, and the Mavs and the Warriors. Mavs are down 3 1, and I'm still a believer. I believe in that guy that they call Luca, even though it's probably going to be over in game five. But for Mark, stats for Shamaya, for Rocky Garza, and Derek. Irvin, who is uh, on hiatus this week, real quick thing. We will be out at the TMB promotions this Saturday. First bout is at 730. It's at the Freeman Coliseum Expo Hall. Myself, Shamaya, and Stats, and I might be Derek, might be out there. Rocky's, uh, it's his birthday, so he's going to get the weekend yeah. off here. So we'll be out there covering the TMB promotion. Great Great night of fights. If you haven't uh, seen the press conference, it was explosive. Check it out. Search for TMP Promotions uh, for Sweep the League and I Am Refocused Radio. Uh, It's on there, so you can check it out there. But, yeah, it's going to be a great weekend of boxing. So for everybody here at Sweep the League, Rudy Compost Jr. signing off. Till next week, guys. Later. Later.